0: It's that time again, fellers, as Jock Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks.
1: Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Uh, Tonight's Tuesday night, so of course you're listening to the Beers and Cheers Show here with me and myself, Ryan Moreland, and my uh, partner in crime, my co-host, Amos Conway. Uh, Before we get into anything, of course, the phone number, 405-562-5463. Give us a call in, uh, let us know what you think about the topics we bring up tonight, or if you want to talk about something else, we'd love to hear from you. Or text in at 77948. And the first word of your message has to be text, uh, followed by whatever you want to say to us. Or if you go to uh, jockjournal.com slash uh, JJR, there's the platform right there. You can just type in you know, where you're from, what the message is, uh, send it, and you'll hear it live on the show so uh before we get like into anything we like to hear in the beers and cheers show our long tradition of two weeks we like to uh uh tell us what you what we're drinking tonight while we're doing this show so i'll start with that because i'm drinking some yingling black and tans tonight When with it's getting a little colder so i went with the heavy beer what about you amos
0: very nice i actually i uh stopped being a little cheap and went out and got me a bottle of jameson irish whiskey so sipping on some of that on the rocks
1: i didn't know we had a baller
0: over here sorry (laughs) well what what could i say what could i say (laughs) (laughs) all Uh, right it's been a long day man we had a i had a commute this morning and the route i take is it's kind of part of amish country so like i'm going like 60 miles per hour and like out of like I seen a horse and buggy coming, and I thought they were gonna stop, and no, they do. They just spun like right out in the road, and I was going sixty, and like I had to slam all my brakes. I thought, uh, man, I, uh, one of the scariest moments I've ever had driving. I was, oh Jesus! I was I did. I grew up
1: right on the edge of like Amish country, man. You had to be careful. You had to be, There was tons of times where you heard about you know bad accidents happening because. You come around the corner and you don't expect them to be there. Uh, I've heard a lot of nasty stories. Nothing, See, nothing personally, but I've heard a lot of bad tales about uh, stuff happening because people come around to turn fast and don't expect them to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't imagine that, that can be fun, right, if you're in the horse and buggy. Well, first off, if you're the horse, it's yeah, no, not even no. your fault. Like, you didn't even want to be in the road that day. You'd much rather be in a field, and all of a sudden you get hit by a car? That's a shitty day for a horse.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and, like, there's a bunch of, like, Amish stores around me, and, like, I like the Amish. Most of them are nice. Like, I find, like, I find the females and then, like, the younger crowd, I guess, to be nicer, but it seems like a lot of the guys, like, mid-age and up, they're, like, very hard to talk to, very hard to deal with, and they're not necessarily, like, they're not rude. But they're not nice they really ride that fine line of like not trying to insult you but like trying to let you know that they're or that they're they think they're a little better than you <laughs> that's
1: uh and they don't even know because you're a here big ball and drinking your jameson
0: uh, <laughs> yeah they don't even know <laughs>
1: <laughs> first thing I wanted to get into because we don't talk a lot of football on this show um, you know since we cover so much uh, throughout the week but I wanted to touch on this story because it kind of It broke yesterday, but kind of got big today where they, at the very end of uh, the AFC championship game, right after the finish, Peyton Manning wins, Uh, of course, as everybody knows, going to go play in the Super Bowl. Uh, But he walks up and gives Bill Belichick a hug and says something to him. Uh, Belichick responds, and then, you know, they part ways. Just like, you know, everybody does at the end of every game. And these guys have played against each other a long time in this crew, Have a, a lot of respect for each other. But then someone went in. I guess it was like lip readers or it was, you know, maybe it was sound equipment. But some, something picked it up. And then Peyton Manning said, told Belichick something along the lines of, like, this might be my last rodeo. Um, I mean, like, the last time that they end up playing each other. Uh, and, you know, hinting towards... Retirement, And then they didn't – no one has any idea what Belichick said, and he said that he's not going to tell them. Uh, But there's a two-parter for this, because first I want to talk about, you know, a little bit about Peyton – about him retiring. But I think we're both going to agree on that, you know, that I think – because I think that he's going to retire this year. I think that that you're probably going to say the same thing. But the other thing I want to talk to you is, like, is this too far? Should the players and coaches, like – have the privacy like to talk after the game or is this like as a fans right we should be able to know so first part amos do you think he's done win or lose do you think uh manning comes back there's any scenario where he comes back
0: i the only scenario i can find is that you have a like a a playoff contending team going into the super bowl with where the quarterback position is questionable enough to where you would bring Peyton Manning in, because I know Peyton knows that no team, no other team is going to flat out and just go and be like, "Hey, we're going to sign Peyton," and, and I don't think he wants to go to a team that's not, you know, with Super Bowl compatible or not with a defense, because obviously his, you know, his arms diminished. He's obviously he's an extremely smart player, and nothing's ever going to take that away from him. But the physical skills are diminishing, and I think he knows that, and. Uh, I just – no, I don't see there's really any scenario. I mean, maybe a quarterback gets hurt in the off season after Peyton retires. Maybe he comes back in. But that would be the only way I would see that happening.
1: Yeah, and I completely agree with you. I don't see – I don't even see it happening there, actually. I, I think that win, lose, or draw, uh, that this is the end for Peyton, uh, especially after these comments. Um, you know, he's not saying that just Yeah, I say think it. he
0: said along the lines of like – uh like this is my last rodeo. This is probably my last rodeo. It sure has been a pleasure, or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and I think that he knows. It's it's hard for those guys to hang it up. It's hard, uh, especially if you've had the career that Peyton Manning's had, where you know you've been one of, if not the best, every single year you've played uh, at your position, or even in the entire NFL. Um, It's hard to to hang it up and and call it quits, I'm sure. Uh, But, you know, I think he's smart enough to know that it's just not there. He doesn't have it in his arm anymore uh, to play at this level. Uh, But the second thing is a lot of people have brought this up too. Like, is it a violation of privacy? Uh, You know, should they, should, like, the fans know that? Or should it... Have just been something like a conversation between these two Or do the fans have a right to know Uh, That's been another thing that's been brought up And I say Like I kind of get it It is It is uh, A little bit of a a violation of privacy This is a private conversation that we kind of tapped into Or you know I didn't do it Somebody did it Tapped into But then Right But then again You're not really learning anything Like it wasn't It wasn't shocking you know, it wasn't mind-blowing. This is something that, like, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that coming. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not like he was just like, hey, I'm playing for ten more years. Like, like, he's just like, yeah, I'm probably hanging it up soon, which I think we all knew. So, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody learned anything that we didn't know or at least perceive, you know. So what, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, my thing is, is the players, I don't think the players or the coaches view it as – an invasion of privacy per se, because I, I think there's so many media obligations that when you come in the league or when you're in the league for so long that it, that kind of thing, like it becomes almost like a second nature. Like you kind of walk out in the field and the media is there. And like, as a player, unless you're pulled over to talk to somebody on, you know, a certain broadcasting station that it's just kind of, you know, they're just, they're just kind of there. Like, I don't think it bothers them too much. And most of these conversations that happen, if they don't come out right then, I mean, had, all right, let's say that we didn't even know what Peyton said to Belichick. After the Super Bowl off season. I think it would have come out very early into the offseason, what he said to him. And, like, invasion of privacy, yeah, but I think Peyton is a smart enough guy, and so is Belichick. That if Peyton wanted to say Belichick, something like off the record, something like that, I think he would have found an area, a spot of time to do it. And that's why I don't think it's much invasion of privacy, because I don't think he really, they, I don't think they really cared about it. It was just, it was a competitor and a coach having a very lot, of respect for each other. And, you know, Peyton giving him gratitude. I'm sure Belichick probably said something along the lines of, hey, you know, it was good playing against you or good luck or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, they asked uh, uh, Belichick, uh, someone, I'm not sure who, uh, you know, if I was better at this job, I'd know, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, but somebody asked him, you know, like, Belichick, like, oh, what'd you say back? And he's just like, yeah, that was between me and him, uh, and, and didn't tell him. But Belichick also has, like, a long history of <laughs> just not getting along uh, with the with reporters, which <laughs> kind of brings us into our next thing. Um because we're gonna to switch to NBA news, uh, and I want to talk on this real quick because yes. we have we have a big one, a big uh, news story in the NBA. I'm sure that everybody's heard it by now, uh, but I want to touch on this real quick and talk about because we talked a little bit about it last night too. Uh, it was about Black being fired, but mainly uh, Popovich last night after Golden State uh, ends up beating the Spurs 120 to 90. They're you know they're talking to Greg Popovich after the game and they were asking him about it and he said well uh, something to the effect of well I'm glad that there's my general manager's not in my locker room or I would have gotten fired tonight taking like a pretty like uh transparent stab at uh, the, uh LeBron um for having such a big hand in him and Blatt getting fired which like, it just goes to show... You. I, I've, we, you know, we've talked about it. Me and Rich have talked about it uh, pretty in-depth. Like, Greg Popovich and Bill Belichick are just, like, the two best guys for... Like, if you're going to do an interview, like, that's who I want to watch. Like, there's the guys that ham it up. You know, there's the Rex Ryans that are... You know, they'll give you way more than you ask for and and make go- interesting interviews. But, but watching these two operate is so much fun. Like... They just hate the media. And you can tell, and they're smarter than you. And they're going to prove, especially Popovich. Like he's smarter than you, and he's going to make you feel stupid. <laughs> like that's part of what he does. But uh, I thought that, I thought it was, you know, it's a blatant stab him, and I thought it was kind of, you know, I, we talked about it last night. I don't think it's exactly fair. I think LeBron should be in on that. But I thought it was a pretty pretty funny at least
0: yeah no I agree completely and like I agree with the fact that maybe you know maybe that's not the place for it to kind of bring it up with after the game with that kind of thing and I know they asked him about it but I just it doesn't bother me probably as much as it bothers a lot of people especially people who like dive like so deep in the sports world to where like everything offends them you know like the lady signing or starting the petition to keep Cam Newton out of the Seahawks stadium. Like, like come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> now, had Popovich – here's the thing, though. Popovich has, what, five championships, right? Yeah, I believe you're right, yep. He has, like, yeah. If Popovich only had one and LeBron's got his one, or I think he's got two. But I think then it's like, oh, I can't believe he said that. He's got no place to say that. But because Popovich has been there, he's done it, and he's a proven winner, a proven champion, you know, he's got hands to fill or he's got rings to fill up one of his hands. I think as, and I think if you, I mean the way we all think, where championships do, they they, they count more than anything else, is that I I don't think it bothers a lot of people. And I I can understand why it would bother a lot of people, especially Cavalier fans. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't You're the third best team in the NBA behind Golden State, behind the Spurs, and that gap is probably sizable. Because I don't... On any given night, I would take the Spurs or the Warriors over the Cavaliers. I just would. And yeah, I I agree with Popovich. I I just... I don't know. I gave my... I expressed my feelings about the Blatt firing last night. I thought he got a dirty deal. And I know high-profile players... You know they run organizations. A lot of high-profile players do, and we brought up Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And the the like the one huge difference, obviously, is the amount of championships these guys earn to have that right. To where like LeBron only has that right because he's seen as Cleveland's savior. And I, I don't know, it's just a weird concept to me. But yeah, I agree with Popovich.
1: Yeah, and and it is I I think it is. You know, he has earned the right. He's definitely he's basketball royalty for sure. And he has earned the right to say what he wants. But I think also more than just him uh, winning is also his demeanor. I mean, this is nothing new for Greg Popovich. This is what we've come to expect with him. Like, he's going to say what his mind. He's going to say exactly how he feels. He's not going to hold anything back. Um, and that's that's how he uh, that's how he operates. And that's what we love about Greg Popovich too. And think. You kind of have to earn that too. It does come with winning, because like Belichick can say whatever he wants, and you're like, ah, good old Belichick. But like, yeah, if tomorrow, if like, like not to pick on Rex Ryan because I already have, but if Rex Ryan starts acting like Belichick tomorrow, he's instantly labeled like the ass of the NFL. <laughs> but like, you, you do have to kind of earn that right to act like that. Um, and you know, and both like Belichick and Popovich, those are guys that have earned that right. They have the rings to prove it they have the you know the championship pedigree. they're you know every year their team is in the national spotlight the talk if they're not you know and, and uh, the final you know two games or whatever two series whatever you know they're one of the better teams still in the in the league um but i thought that i don't think anybody's gonna be offended really by it. i mean there are there are definitely gonna be people offended i shouldn't say that but there's Oh, I don't yeah. think it's going to be a big crowd. I think you nailed that right on the head. Like, I think most people – to me – Here's like my thing s- with – No, go for it. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, my, my thing with uh, the whole Blatt situation is that I think I read an article. I can't remember where I've seen it or where – maybe I heard it on the radio somewhere. <clears throat> but it seems to be that like slipped under the radar was that when LeBron went to Miami, when he announced that, whatever, he goes there and like the first 17 games in, he tried to get Eric Spolstra fired. And I guess that he was pulled aside by Dwayne Wade. Like, hey, man, listen, if you don't like playing for Spolstra, I get it. But don't get him fired because that coach, the coach who replaces him is going to be Pat Riley. And if you don't want to deal with Spolstra, you sure as hell don't want to deal with Pat Riley. It's <laughs> a good point. Where, like, it was like a limited thing where he hadn't earned anything yet. But, like, I don't know. He just went to Miami and automatically – I guess the entitlement, like, I, you're a great player. Everyone knows you're a great player. Like, I don't know. It's like he's compensating for, his, like, something. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not winning a championship in Cleveland yet, but, I don't know. It's just weird. His mentality is strange to me. I like, I mean, I
1: like LeBron. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I like him. I like his whole career. I like that, you know, everybody's. Not everybody, but a lot of people have wanted this kid to fail since he was 15 years old. They've been waiting for him to fail and he hasn't. And he's succeeded on a, on a very large scale. Uh, you know, the, the most uh, you know, most recognizable face of the NBA, the guy that I mean Steph Curry's now challenging that for sure, but I mean he has been since he came into the league, he's been that guy. He um but uh I do like him and I do kind but I kind of understand this and I think that he should I definitely 100% think that he should be involved. I don't think all players should, but when you have a player that matters this much uh to your team, uh you know like like a Kobe, like a Jordan level player, like a you know Magic, like a Bird, like that kind of level player, I think they absolutely should have a say in these kinds of things cuz uh, I don't think that you know you should have the final say but I definitely think you should have a say that's your whole franchise is number 23 that's your entire franchise
0: uh you know That's very but- true but my thing with LeBron and his like I agree with having him involved to an extent but like his big thing last year was he made a huge deal that if Cleveland didn't re-sign like Tristan Thompson that he wouldn't come back like but at the same time then you look at it like okay is Tristan Thompson worth the money that Cleveland's about to spend on him? Or does LeBron just want him there because he, you know, LeBron says jump and Tristan asks, you know, how high?
1: Yeah, I didn't, that one, you know, is definitely, and that's a good point too because that definitely rubbed me the wrong way when that happened because Tristan Thompson is not worth the money that he got for sure. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, anybody who knows the NBA I think would agree with that. Um, but one thing that I didn't. I don't think the firing was right. I don't think you should fire a coach in the middle of the year, especially if they're, you're a top three basketball team in the league, you know, and you're the best team in your conference. Uh, you know, I think that he was doing a, a pretty good job, obviously, but you do have the best player. But the one thing that makes me think is like, yeah, all right, Black kind of deserved it was Kevin Love. Because this team has not figured out at all how to, what to do with Kevin Love. And that is. You know, coming in as like the new head coach, um, you know, Lou's gonna have to figure out like that's his only job. You know, because because this team's already operating, this team's already moving, this team already has a set. They're not changing the formula, uh, you know, just because there's a new head coach. It's it's not gonna work like that. They're still gonna run the same offense. They're still gonna run the same defense or similar too. Uh, but now you have to figure out how to get Kevin Love involved. Effectively, you got to figure out how he fits into here. Uh, It fits into this. The offense fits into the defense. Fits with this team, because they have, I mean, they have a really key piece that they're just not using. I mean, it's for me the like it's the exact same thing. Jimmy Graham this season with the Seahawks. Like you have this guy that's got so much talent, and you have no idea how to make use of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually I like that point very much because Kevin Love is a great player. They traded or they traded for him. I do believe they gave up or brought him, signed him. I forget what happened. I think they traded for him. But yeah, he's a great player, and you know he just he should be. I would take I would take him LeBron as a combo over a lot of other teams that claim to have like a big three. You know, because he is he's great. No matter where he he could probably work on his defense a little bit, but. Uh, he's, he's a very good good rebounder. He can shoot anywhere from the field. I mean, he's won the three-point contest. The guy's a great player. And, I don't know. Yeah, they just haven't figured out how to use him. And I think the best argument for Cleveland to use for firing, instead of, like, deflecting all the LeBron questions, I think the best argument you could have was the disconnect with the players. Because I remember when he won his first, like, NBA game with them, they gave him the game ball in the locker room, you know, to congratulate him on his his first NBA got interviewed, he was like, well, it's not my first win, I've won Euro championships and stuff, but, you know, like, nobody cares about that, except for people in Europe. <laughs> nobody else cares about it.
1: No, that's a great point. Uh We're going to move to the next thing real quick, or at least start it before the break, and this has to be the biggest story of uh, the day, of the universe, of, like, this, <laughs> this month. Uh Probably my favorite story so far this year, if you haven't heard it yet, uh Blake Griffin uh broke his hand punching a member of the Clippers staff. And this is like you remember all right, you remember in the off season uh right before the football started how Geno Smith gets sucker punched by uh I. K. Mampala and breaks his jaw and your yep. first thought was man, that's just the Jets. Like, that would only happen in New York. That's just... Like, that's a jet, such a Jets thing. That was, like, my first exact thought. Like, as soon as this happened, I was like, oh, the Clippers are back. <laughs> like, it's like your first thought with this franchise. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. There's so many angles from this story and so many things that make this story great. Um But first off, I guess, from what, you know, they've said, uh Griffin... um they I guess they were at a nightclub uh they're frustrated the story really hadn't come out, but he ends up punching them uh twice from what I've heard uh at or towards his face um you know from what I've heard and what I've read uh and now they're saying he's gonna miss four to six weeks which who's following uh you know following the basketball following this team knows that he was already out he was already on the bench um for a different injury and now he's going to mix f- four to six on top of that uh, you know for breaking this bro- breaking this bone in his hand um, i mean this is completely
0: unacceptable right yeah absolutely <clears> one <throat> i mean this is going to be a situation that is just going to be a little drawn out and slowly but surely swept under the carpet right underneath people's feet because, uh, you know, I didn't know it was a nightclub. I heard it was a restaurant. But if it's a nightclub, like, it makes you think, was that like, number one, and then apparently they were friends. So I've not been that drunk to where, like, my I had to walk outside of a party to punch one of my friends in the face and break my hand. Like, how pissed off do you have to be? And, like, what if that guy was trying to stop Blake from doing something, like, real dumb in the nightclub? And, like, got him out of there and Blake got mad because he, you know, some dude was messing with him or heckling him or something. Like, I don't know. Like, what? How dumb can you be, I guess? Yeah. Unacceptable, stupid, and he should be punished.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They Yeah, I've heard that too, that they were friends. Um, yeah, that they're good friends. They've vacationed together before. Um, the other thing that hurt, heard, I guess he's only like 5'9". I mean, that's a huge difference between 5'9 and Blake Griffin. Like, that's not a fight. That's, I mean, that's a whooping. Like, that's, that's terrible. Blake
0: Griffin's literally, what, like a foot taller?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, oh, that's, it's terrible. It's awful that this happened. I, You know, that you're going to wait because it's, you don't know exactly what it is, exactly what happened um, between these two that caused this. You don't know yet, and we won't know probably for a while if we, you know, find out. I'm sure we will find out because that's, you know, in today's day and age. But something happened. I mean, from what I heard, they were in the nightclub. I don't know if drinking was involved. I haven't said anything yet. But you don't know. You have no idea why he hit him, why he got an attack. There's very few reasons why it's okay. uh, This is okay. Like, if he was threading, like him personally or his family or or like something like that then i then i'm like yeah okay like blake griffin you're right but any other situation like outside of that yeah you should be punished and i'll be surprised if he doesn't get punished um the other crazy thing is too is like you know i I was talking to a friend of mine who's a pretty big clippers fan and he's just like like who cares who cares because they keep winning without him He's just like, we're, you know, every time that he's, like, out of there, DeAndre Jordan shines. And so he's just like, who cares? We're better when he's on the bench anyway. He's just like, he's, you know, they keep winning games. It's something like, I think they've only lost two games uh, since Griffin's been out uh, with the injury that he had before this. And now the, you know, the big injury on top of that with this, and it's unacceptable too. you know, you're paying a guy this much money, uh, you know, this absurd amount of money to come into play every day, to be there every day, and then he goes and gets injured and can't do his job because he punches out his friend, I-, I mean, that's unacceptable.
0: Yeah, I I just, like, the only scenario I agree, the only scenario I can think of is, like, the guy threatened his family, but, uh, I don't know, it's just weird to me, like, <clears throat> you're a star player. You are... Basically, the face of that franchise. And for you to act like that, and like, I get it. You're in LA. You're a high profile athlete. I'm sure, you know, if somebody was trying to start something nightclub or whatever, but still, like, you should be used to this by now. You're not a rookie in the league. This isn't your first time going around and doing this. Like, you have to understand that you have to control yourself. And I. Like I understand, uh, you brought up your friend's point of view of who cares, and I agree with that because as a like, if I uh, Aaron Hernandez if he got murdered and then, or if he did, if what happened happened this year and the Patriots kept winning, it's more yeah, it's that it's like no, who cares, you know? But it's something that's always going to be brought up. It's something that sticks on that resume of that team. Like, well, you remember they had Blake Griffin punch that equipment manager in the face? They're out of control.
1: absolutely and it just seems like such a clipper thing to do like i said uh we're gonna keep talking about this we got a lot more exciting things uh to talk about after this we're gonna hit a quick commercial break but we're gonna come back and and talk about uh who else blake griffins punched uh while you guys were away we'll be right back
0: well (laughs) the boys are talking and the show is really moving along but we need to take a break before a fight breaks out people end up in the hospital Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Now you hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm hmm, good and terrible. One eight
1: seven seven cards for kids. K A R S cards for kids. One eight seven seven cards for kids. Donate your card today.
0: 1877 cars for kids kaRS cars for kids one 1877 cars for kids donate your car today also on the web at carsforkids.com that's cars with a K we're a recognized 501 C3 charity organization so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction what's more you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights
1: One eight seven seven cars for kids K-A-R-S, cars for kids, one cars for kids donate your car today.
0: Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit JockJournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At JockJournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's JockJournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a stake on his eye but why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think all
1: right you're listening to the free parking show here on jock journal radio the beers and cheers show here with me i'm ryan morland name is conway uh Call us, let us know what you think about uh, the Blake Griffin story, 405-562-5463 to call in or text in at 77948 with text being the first word of your message, uh, followed by whatever you want to say, your questions, uh, your comments, your concerns, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. Um, But during the break, we're going in, and right before the break I said this was my favorite story of the year, and then Amos... uh, Amos checked me, and he's right, because as soon as we went to the break, he was like Billy Janzel, and I was like, all right, the Billy Janzel story is still better. I forgot about that one, so I will retract my statement. The Billy Janzel story is still the best story of the year, uh, but Blake Griffin punching out his friend is a close second so far, (laughs) Um, and thinking about that, like, we've had some pretty awesome stories (laughs) so far this year when it comes to the sports world. Uh, I mean, people punch each other out, Johnny Manziel pretending to have a mustache, and like <laughs> the boy going, uh, just unbelievable. But getting back into this thing, uh, you know, they're friends. They're whatever. And we said during the break, like that, like people were saying, like, oh, they're friends. Like it makes it better. Like that makes it worse in my eyes. Like my friends can get a- away with so much more than I would let like a random stranger get away with because I like these people. You know
0: what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, especially when I, like, I don't see myself ever being that mad at my best friend that I vacation with, that I'm going to go outside of a nightclub and break my hand on his face. I would have to drink, like, three gallons of Kamchatka vodka to be able to pull that one off. <laughs> and,
1: it'd and be like a catch-22, you'd be too you'd, drunk to punch him
0: <laughs> at that point? yeah. Like, I would punch him and then just break my hand on, like, concrete, trying, like, catching my fall <laughs> with my fist. You know, like, I just, I don't understand it. it. It, honestly, it baffles me. Because, as far as I know from Blake Griffin, like, I don't, I don't think he's had too much happen in the past. I don't think he had really, he was pretty clean when he was in Oklahoma. But, like, man, if you can't handle something like that, I, I and it, it really surprised, but I think the one thing that shocks me is Besides Blake Griffin, I mean, this is coming out of a Doc Rivers-ran team, and I think that shocks me a little more. Like, he's a very disciplined man, and to see your, you know, like, I just would not expect it out of one of his players, no matter the stardom.
1: That's another good point, too, and one I was going to bring up uh, was Doc Rivers because this is a coach that's known, uh, you know, for being hard-nosed, tough guy, doesn't put up with, um, you know, stuff like this. And you could see it in the interviews. They tried to like talk to him about it, and you know he was doing what you know what he should, which is deflect it, not talk about it until they have more facts and stuff. Um, you know, and that's what you should do as a good coach. You, I mean, that's the smart. Even though it's not exciting for a fan, you know, that's not the exciting move. It is the smart move. Uh, but you could see it though in him that you know he's not happy about this. You know, you have this guy who's your a star player on your team. That you're paying all this money for, and he goes out and does something like this, and not only does he get in trouble, uh, which would be bad enough, but he get, he gets an injury when he's already injured, so he's going to miss more time now with a broken hand because he got drunk and punched his friend in the face. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable, but that this is an issue for a guy who's a, you're a grown man, you're a grown adult, like you shouldn't be going to clubs and punching your friends in the face.
0: Yeah, and people will always bring up. Well, I've seen guys do that outside of nightclubs. Like, yeah, no, that's not the point. You see it all the time: nightclubs, bars, wherever you go. There's always there's always a potential fight at a nightclub, at a bar. It's just always going to happen. It's. Uh, I mean, we all know what happens, why it happens. We won't dive into that, but like, it's Blake Griffin. He it's a high pro. I'm not saying like, oh my god, like he's the best player. No, but he's a high profile player in la playing for the clippers under doc rivers on a team with chris paul like yeah it's kind of a big deal it, it just shouldn't happen and the one thing i keep coming back to that keeps cycling through my head is the amount of stupidity in that one single act
1: now exactly you know premier all-star this is a guy that is recognizable by people who don't watch basketball he's that big of a star that even if you have never watched a game, uh, an NBA game in your entire life, you probably know who he is, uh, just based off of. His you know look. what's so
0: funny too to me is, remember last year? I do believe it's last year during the NBA off season. There's a hoax that comes out about Blake Griffin smacking Justin Bieber in the face. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, if you I ever don't heard about that, it. No, huh? Yeah, it was like a hoax story. It got real big for like. Until basically Blake Griffin was like, no, no, it never happened. Like, that's dumb. I would never do that. But, like, I would be totally cool with him punching Justin Bieber in the face. (laughs) I'd probably be praising him on air right
1: now. (laughs) I knew that was coming. Like, a good few were coming. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't know. Because when that article comes out and he responds to it because he seemed a little thrown off. Like, no, that's dumb. Why would I ever do anything like that? and then to turn around and do this and then be like, yeah, dude, why would you do something like that? <laughs> like I think it's even more understandable if it's another player. Outside the locker room, inside the locker room, I think it that's I think it's a whole different story if it's not a 5 foot 9 equipment guy who he vacations with.
1: Well, not only that, yeah, not only the size difference, but this is a guy's basically a subordinate, you know? It's it's not Blake Griffin doesn't hire and fire this guy. Uh, Blake Griffin doesn't, you know, doesn't pay this guy, he, you know, but he is under Griffin. Everybody that's around that team, um, you know, the players are the people that you, like you answer to. The guys that you got to make sure that they're happy, they're doing good. It's basically what this guy's job is: is to make sure that the players are happy, that they're, you know, they're doing good, they're whatever. Um, so he's basically like a subordinate. So I think it makes that that. Um, even plays a larger part in this as well, too, like to what you just said. Is I think it would be better if he hit another player because, you know, like another player's, like, first off, like, you know, they probably roughly your size. Uh, another player's, you know, it's not, there's not that stigma between, you know, like, like you hit someone that that is below you, that's beneath you, and like the structure of the team of the front office or however you want to say it uh, right before you respond to that we did get a a text message in here that said a hundred support this is from Seattle Washington hundred percent support Amos's uh, theory behind or Amos's theory behind uh, or Blake Griffin hitting Justin Bieber That is it's like totally okay so
0: <laughs> thank you thank you
1: I thought that was pretty good. That's fair. I'll support that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like an extra Let's stigma. Start a <laughs> Will Blake Griffin use his non-broken hand to punch <laughs> Justin Bieber? Can we get that in writing? Uh, no, but there's a stigma about it because he's not just because of the size, but also he's basically a subordinate. I mean, don't you agree?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think that was a point that, I was listening to, I was at work on break listening uh, to an app on my phone for sports radio. And yeah, I mean, that was a big point. It was like, this guy, he's five foot nine. He's an equipment guy. Like, he carries, like, one of those nets full of basketballs out onto the court. You know what I mean? Like, that's his job. Like, hey, Blake needs a mocha latte frozen. We go get it. Like, yeah, yeah, no, not a problem. Like, he's that guy. Like, why do you want to punch that guy? I, I just, it just makes no sense to me. It baffles me. It really does. Like, I I can't understand any scenario other than he directly threatened Blake Griffin's family of why this happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what... Like, I've heard a bunch of theories and stuff, but I really don't like... I don't want to speculate because we have no idea. And I am sure that it'll come out, Uh, you know, exactly what happened. I'm sure that, you know, in this day and age of, like, everybody's got to know everything, and this is a big story, uh, that I think that it's... It's something that's going to come out uh, sooner or later, like why this happened, what led to it, um, which I am completely looking forward to as well. I think you are. Uh, But we're going to
0: move on to the next. uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just my last thing with this. What worries me about the situation too is that the equipment guy hasn't came out and said anything, and I know he's Blake's friend, but it makes you want. And I know you know media has been trying to get a hold of him, and the Clippers have probably told him, hey, don't answer your phone. We'll work this out, and we can all move on from this without it blowing up. I, I feel like it's just gonna that's gonna happen. It's gonna get swept.
1: I think you're I think you're right. The only way I can see it like not being like swept completely under the rug is if uh, the guy in question, the guy that got hit, um, wasn't isn't cool with it. Like the, you, you get punched in the face by Blake Griffin, he breaks your hand on your face. Um and you are completely unreconcilable. Like you're not you are done being his friend, you're done being on the team and you're going after money. Uh that's the only way I, I can agree. see is if he's if he's just like, Yeah, you know, you can punch me in the face, big boy, but I'm gonna get in those deep pockets of yours and there's my retirement plan is getting punched in the face by Blake Griffin. <laughs> um but we're gonna move and yeah. we're gonna stay with basketball real quick. Uh, talk about this real quick uh, before we move on to the next thing. Today, uh, you know Kevin Durant and OKC is going into New York to play the Knicks. Kevin Durant, they asked him about Porzingis, the rookie, and he said he's a phenomenal once in a or once in a, you know once in a generation kind of a player, and he even labeled him a unicorn, saying that his skills were skill set is that rare. Um, of course, as soon as all of the praise happened immediately the New York media uh, struck and started speculating about Kevin Durant possibly going because the end of his contracts coming up, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, could he go to New York? Could he go to San Francisco, L.A., uh, D.C., where he grew up? There's been a lot of speculation uh, about where he might end up. But everybody immediately you know, took it as him pra- praising another player as, oh, maybe he wants to go play there, maybe he wants to go be a teammate with Porzingis. Do you think that he was that this is a legitimate, that he really wants to go play with Brzingis, and that's why he said it, or that he's just praising uh, a young athlete in the game and that uh, people are reading too much into this, Samus?
0: So I'm going to say that it's just praising a young athlete. And I think my big thing with that is... The the comment itself, I think No Kevin Durant is the only one who knows what Kevin Durant meant when he said it. But if it were my guess, knowing Kevin Durant, knowing he's pretty loyal to Oklahoma City, and I think he wants to bring that team a championship, I think he'll stay, especially with Russell Westbrook. Um, my thing is, it sounds like he's a guy who, when Chris Porzingis got drafted, he got curious, looked at the name, like, oh, well, that's interesting. All right, I'm going to look up at this guy, see, you know. He watched like 10 minutes of video on him and kind of was like, hmm, well, all right, well, that's an interesting pick. And then as the season progresses, this, what, he's like, this guy's like 7'3". He can block, he can shoot threes. Yeah, he's a very talented young man playing basketball from the EuroLeague to the NBA. I don't think, like, Dirk is the only one that comes to mind, obviously, to make, but it's like Chris Apps has made that transition just seamlessly look effortless. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, no, it's no big deal. It's still basketball. And I think it's just him praising him. Like, yeah, no, he surprised me. He's a very good player. I'd never seen it coming. Dude's like a unicorn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to agree with this. I think that people did read too much into it. Uh, You know, I don't think that they are – that that he is – I think he's just praising a young player um, that, you know, has done – a lot, Nick. You said he is. I mean, he's amazing. If for anybody who hasn't watched him play, I recommend catching a Knicks game, because uh, he's fun to watch. And I'm not a Knicks fan in any stretch of the imagination, uh, you know. But he played in plays excellent. He can do it all. He's got good range of motion. Um, he's really good with the basketball in his hands. He can shoot the three. He's really good at post moves. He can shoot the J, the fade away. He hits like every single time he does it. He gets that, like, one-foot, like, Dirk fader and hits it every single time. Uh, he's got good post moves. he make you look silly. I mean, this kid's phenomenal uh, with the way he's played. Uh, I think it is just praise. Um, and, man, I just hope. I'm, like, I- I'm praying out there, you know, God, Allah, whoever, Tom Cruise, Oprah Winfrey, please let Grant <laughs> go to Washington. <laughs> As a Wizards fan, please... Let Kevin Durant go home to Washington, D.C., because we need that. Uh, Real quick, I got a text in. The thing with Uh, – oh, my bad. Go ahead. It's from Peter from the show. Our boy Peter said, we didn't do a Bum of the Week last night, so in honor of Bum of the Week and because we missed it, I will dub it the Blake Griffin Bum of the Week. Ya bum.
0: (laughs) Oh, there we go. There we go.
1: Deservingly so, Bum of the Week.
0: Absolutely. I think okay. Here's my thing with Porzingis too. Is I think a lot of people overlook that this is a young man with a lot of confidence and belief in himself of what he can do. He drafted in the you know drafted in the NBA by the New York Knicks, huge market team. Like it, it, you're obviously like if, if he gets drafted to, oh, I don't know, like the Grizzlies or or Sac, let's do Sacramento. If he gets drafted to Sacramento, people are like, all right, whatever his career is already over he's been there 10 minutes <laughs> but it's like <laughs> he can't he got drafted early he comes over to the united states he's probably not very fluent in english he's got to go into a locker room with carmelo anthony like what he's done what he's been able to do and adjust and carry himself i i can't give it like I'm glad Kevin Durant said what he did with the unicorn because it's very – I think it is very rare to see a player be able to do what he's done at his age.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're absolutely right. He's – he does. He has immense confidence in himself. He can – you know, he. I mean, he can do it all. Like we just said, we listed it. He can do it all. He's, he's a fantastic athlete. <clears throat> and I don't think he meant anything more than – in this comment than – He's a fantastic athlete, a unicorn, uh, you know, a guy that is a a future star in this league, already budding star in this league. Uh, We're going to move on now. Uh, We don't really have anything in the world of hockey to talk about, except for the Capitals are still the best team and just overall amazing, and Ovechkin might be the one true god. But besides that, uh, we're going to head into a thing that Amos really wanted to bring up, and I think it's a really good... Uh, a good topic of discussion is uh, alternative pain medication and I'm going to let you take this over Amos to start the conversation
0: thank you okay so uh, lately there's been a lot of talk on sports radio uh, sports websites about uh, medication uh, you know painkillers versus like medical marijuana for pain and it's just like I understand. Like pain pills are so easily to be addicted to, especially where you're an athlete to where injury happens, and these doctors will just throw you at, throw them at you like you know they're uh, pezzes or something. Like they'll give you a little dispenser you can just you know carry around. It's got a goofy head on top or something, and it just like I I think alternative pain medication is a very real thing that should be dove into. I'm not saying, like, now, there's a line to that. You know, I don't want to walk into the locker room and some guy who's, like, just broke his leg is in the corner shooting up heroin, like, yeah, no, no, it kills the pain. Like, yeah, no, it kills people. (laughs) Put that shit away. Like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Uh, But, like, and I think it gets brought up because, like, the the synthetic marijuana with Chandler Jones, I guess that wasn't the first incident in the last couple months, but I hadn't heard about the others. And it seems to be a huge deal, but, yeah, I mean, if these guys can find a less addicting way... Other than painkillers to kind of manage the pain and not necessarily have to rely on it to have it. Like, you're not going to be at practice, like thinking, like, man, I need to run the locker room real quick and, like, take care of something. No, to where, like, all right, afterwards I'm going to go and relax and I'll do my pain management and then I'll be on with my day. And I think it's something that needs to be looked into.
1: I'm going to agree. I mean, I think uh, it's here's a couple of reasons why I think you know that I think that this is a good thing especially you know and marijuana is I think it's the big one Uh, the stigma's worn off uh, with marijuana now and people understand that it's not really a dangerous drug you can't overdose from it and I mean this is all coming from and I'm not a smoker at all uh, I have no interest in it but I I just you see it for face value it's not dangerous Um, it has been proven to help with pain and as uh, Dan Levitard said I thought it was a really great line. The NFL is in the business of pain. Uh, there, you know, this industry you deal with so much pain. You, know, you hear it all the time from from guys that have retired. Uh, the amount of pain that you go through, um, and you know, this will help you manage that pain. It helps. You know, we know that that it, that it helps. This um, second off, it doesn't help your. Uh, physical ability or it doesn't help you get back it actually kind of it hurts you because it's going to make you a little bit slower a little bit lackadaisical that day or whatever um and you know the effect on your lungs it doesn't it's not like a steroid where a steroid can help you heal a lot faster i mean you hear like the older guys the guys that played in the 70s and like early 80s and the 60s talk about using steroids in the nfl um before they were legal in the nfl to um to help get back, they weren't trying to cheat. They weren't trying to get huge, but it helped them get back from injury so fast. Uh, I remember Terry Bradshaw famously came out and said that he used steroids, but he wasn't doing it to get jacked. You know, he's a quarterback; he doesn't need to be jacked. He was doing it um, just because it helped him get back quicker. Well, marijuana doesn't have that effect. It's not going to make you the Hulk. You know, it's just it's gonna it's just going to help with the pain side of it, um, and that's it. Um, the other thing well, too. Here, I, I, is you're not gonna have the I'll, just one more thing real quick you're not gonna have like the crazy problems you know you're not gonna have the
0: yeah no. the
1: you know he smoked pot and went and you know shot up you know or like went and beat up some or punched his uh, punched the equipment guy in the face <laughs> like that stuff doesn't happen. Um, with pot, so uh, you know, I don't. Th- I think it's an absolutely. Yeah, no. Blake good Griffin idea.
0: probably needed some medical marijuana for that situation. Yeah, <laughs> just chill out a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah, calm the hell down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think one of the bigger things is too, and I think this is a sm- very small percentage of players in sports. So I'm like, I'm, I would no way base like an entire like argument on this, but there are players I'm sure out there who are allergic to things like codeine or acetaminophen and. You know, and when it comes down to that, it's like, okay, well, either you deal with the reaction, which could be, you know, hives or just sort of much un- just being uncomfortable with whatever the reaction is, or you deal with the immense pain. The fact there's nothing in between those options is other than like, oh, you know, kill your liver by popping 900 ibuprofen a day. Like, I the fact that there's no legitimate middle ground option is uh, it's just ridiculous so some people i'm sure there's athletes out there and i'm pretty sure there's probably a good percentage who in general they don't like putting pills in their body no matter what it is they probably don't like taking zantac for heartburn you know what i mean mm-hmm. No, exactly and it's it is i
1: mean it's painful it's a brutal sport it's i mean i remember you know you grew up like playing and stuff and you live with pain and you didn't get hit uh, you know I growing up i didn't you know playing football and i didn't get hit by those you know gorillas that they have out there and, you know I didn't get hit by vince wilfork <laughs> um and then I wasn't playing you know the long seasons that they have I wasn't playing all year long my you know like they, they they basically it's a, a three hundred and sixty five day a year job, but it is and the the pain that they go through and it's I, I mean I think that you're gonna see it happen I think it's gonna take a long time um because I think that it's gonna to be have to become The stigma is going to have to completely wear off. I think you're going to have to see pop become legal everywhere, of course, first. Um, And then, which I think is going to happen, you know, sooner or later. Uh, But I think that that's going to, as soon as that happens, I think that you're going to see it. I think it's going to be pretty popular in the NFL. And, you know, I know a lot of guys would probably misuse it. But what would you rather have them misusing? Uh, You know, like Percocets and, like, Lortab, like, hard. Uh, pills, or you know, they smoke pot. I mean, there's obvious, I mean, one's obviously easier on their system. You know, you know, it's it's a smarter idea,
0: and I completely agree with with what you have to say with that. Yeah, and as far I I like that argument of which one would you rather have them do because of the effects. Number one, like, you know, I I don't know about you, but I've been in high school. I have taken the route of you know doing some recreational things and bypass and to me like yes these players it's better it would almost be better for them to have some kind of medical marijuana because these guys can and enough pain they're in they get an overdose on painkillers or something you know they're driving just being you know it just it it impairs you so much more than what marijuana does especially medically somewhere where like even if it's okay hey you can do it, but you have to do it here in a controlled environment. I think that is something that would go for a lot of players. Like, yeah, okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's 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 not really. I mean, it's
1: not that harmful. It's not. It's not that bad, and and I think that's going to become a popular thing. Uh, just like you said, I'm going to get one quick before we get out of here. One quick. Uh, last uh, text and said. I smoke pot, so I don't punch my friends in the face outside of nightclubs. I thought that that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna head out here tonight. Uh, I don't that equipment manager or whoever thanks you. Text <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Nash and Matter on tonight, right on here after us. The stretch after that from ten to eleven uh, Eastern, or eleven to twelve, excuse me, Eastern time. Uh, we have the show for you tomorrow night. We have the game show. Thursday, we're switching it up. We're doing something completely brand new. Uh, really excited. Some good surprise. Yeah, we're gonna. It's we're not saying it yet, but uh, definitely tune in tomorrow. I think we might mention it tomorrow. We might actually release the information. Uh, but Rich came up with a really, really good idea. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it a lot. Um, but that's the show for tonight. Be sure that you tune in for the national match show coming on right after us. And listen to us tomorrow night, the Par 4 Discourse. We're going to have Frank Sprankle on again from the Sports Drive Show. Uh, Love that guy. So uh, that's all we have for tonight. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.
0: Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. You all come back now, you hear?